This is the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast with me, Dr. Fuck, and the Ayatollah of Alcohola, Ian Wadley. So come on and let's go and enjoy another episode of the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast! Hola, chicos y chicas. Soy yo, Dr. Fuck, con el Rock and Metal Combat Quarter, y I am here con... ¿Qué? <laughs> Best intro ever. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast, amigos and amigas. Uh, Latino power. <laughs> and we're here to... We're, what are we doing this? What's Oh, this week we're reviewing not one, but two albums. The new Megadeth yeah. and Anthrax. Yes, sir. And yeah, every, uh, who was it? Who was the smartass today online that said... Yeah, Ralph. Oh, it was my buddy Scott Stein from Washington, D.C. said, Yeah, I already know Ralph ain't gonna like the anthrax. Hey, 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 hey. Remember, do never. I am an unpredictable guy, so do not fucking. Do not think I'm gonna be so predictable on the show. Maybe I am. <laughs> but come on, man. If it's good, I'll admit it's good. If it's bad, you know, it's not because I'm. If it's bad, it's not because it's. Oh, it's anthrax and I'm biased. But fuck that, we'll get into that later. But we're going to review Anthrax and the new Megadeth. So stick around for that, because I, I think it was really good. A really good show. Don't you agree, amigo? Okay. <laughs> All right, Ian, so what do we do? I don't know, man. This show keeps, this show's kind of like David Bowie. It's like a chameleon. I don't know what it's going to be. What do we start with? Before it was the news, now it's like iTunes reviews. And I don't know, what, what do we start the show with now? Well, we got some special shit to talk about before we get into the news and before we get the iTunes. And that is my new show on that metal station. Oh, yeah, man. What, what, did you come up with a name yet? Yes, I did. I'm going to call it Wadzilla Rock. Oh, and, cool. And you're going to hear that 11 a.m. till 1 p.m. Eastern on Saturdays. And uh, by the day you're hearing this, if you know, you're a hardcore motherfucker and you can listen on Sundays... The debut episode was the day before. But I'm going to put all kinds of shit all over the Facebook page, you know, to announce it. And are there, there going to be repeat episodes? Like, they repeat the episode you did? Or uh, are, are uh, you always going to be live just one time a week? Uh, me and Scott, we're still ironing everything out. I mean, I I think he's, uh, he thinks I'm going to get two listeners. So it might not get repeated like your show that gets all the listeners, you know. So maybe well, well, well. That being said, why don't you just call it the Doctor Fuck Show, and then, you know, when everybody's tuning in, you go, "Oh, Doctor Fuck's on the way," and then I never show up. Yeah, yeah. Well, that that was the original name was the Doctor Fuck Show uh, 2.0. Yeah. You know, to, to get the to get that big market. You know, to get that, oh. that the, the Cuban listeners in. Anyway, uh, but here's something we're doing as a little fundraiser for the show, because I'm the only uh, person on that metal station that has new computers and stuff. Scott Green has to get a whole new system just for my computer. Right now, I'm doing a free month on this system. And to raise money to buy a new one that costs $300, we are selling the first ever Rock and Metal Combat Podcast t-shirt. For $27 plus shipping and handling, uh, that money's going to go directly to buy this program so Scott can keep me on the air. But uh, check out this shirt. There's already been links up on... uh, on the Rock and Metal Combat page, on the That Metal Station page, on Kiss 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 Hard Rock and Heavy Metal. 
Uh, you got With the Great the Bill Wang. Yes. You got to get this. Uh, you know, it's got our logo on the front, and uh, it's got the, that metal station on there, and you know, it also got a jam at Terrence, so who doesn't want that shit? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, by the way, Terrence, I'm against it, but even if I was for it, I'm your buddy. Forgive me. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I believe you can get this shipped all over the world, except Warham, Massachusetts. Uh, so uh, everybody order one. Please support it. We greatly appreciate it, and it's going to help keep my show on the air. Anyway, uh, so yes, check out my show on Saturdays, 11 a.m. Eastern to 1 p.m. Eastern. And uh, let's get into an iTunes review. This is something that you're really going to love, Ralph. Oh, well, they, they named me before you, then I'll love it. Oh, God. Uh, you could say that. It's like that plus. They only talk about you. <laughs> oh, really? This is a five-star review entitled Rad Metal Show. And this is from... Critical Hitter 666. And he entitles it, or I mean, uh, the review says, Great Metal Show. Ralph is funny as hell. Highly recommended podcast for any metalhead. Brash or die rules. Wow, that's it? Yep, that's it. <laughs> that's a great, it's a great review, but, you know, actually, it would have been nice if he just would have thrown in. And Ralph is so cool, he's got somebody hanging onto his coattails. Yeah. Didn't have to mention your name. But just saying, somebody hanging on to your coattails would be would, would be that exclamation point to that awesome review. What was the guy's name? Critical Hitter Six Six Six. Critical Hitter Six Six Six. I I like to just call him awesome. Well, there you go, and that is our iTunes review of the week. Thank you very much. We really appreciate it. Hey, when I retire, me and Critical Hitter are gonna be hitting those those joints, man. We're gonna get high. There you and, go. And not mention you. All right. Well, fuck it. Let's get into the news now. Uh, here's something that sucked for me. I was supposed to have a review of the Down Show that I went and saw the day before Mardi Gras, but that didn't happen. Even more fallout of this Phil uh, Selmo fiasco. They, con- they canceled a hometown show here in New Orleans. And uh, now there's even more coming out. Uh, Down is scheduled to play the Hellfest uh, event in France this year. And France, the government has said they are going to cut their funding for the event just because uh, the uh, hosts of it won't kick down off the show. So I guess, uh, you know, these guys hosting the event, they're sticking by their guns, they're sticking by Down. But the French government said, well, okay, but you will get no funding from the government, which they normally do. So a lot of repercussions here. Well, I'm playing France uh, come June, so I better keep my mouth shut about how I feel about frogs. Yeah, if you say anything about Jerry Lewis, uh, no more thrash or die shows there. Yeah, that's right. But uh, even uh, now the latest one to come out I just saw today was Zach Wilde, and he simply said, uh, Phil, what the hell are you doing? But he says he knows Phil, he knows Phil isn't like this, and uh, he's just really disappointed and surprised, but... uh, you know, he said this is a sad event. It's also sad to see what it's doing to the rest of the band as far as the money it's costing them, you know, the, the smearing campaign. But uh, once again, there are repercussions to everything. I think Phil's an idiot. What Phil should do to get forgiveness is join Beyonce's dancing group. There you go. Black power! <laughs> Black lives matter. Burl he should join matter. that. He should join that. 
There you go. Burl Lives Matter? Is that what you just said? Yeah, yeah Burl Lives Matters. Black Sabbath Matters. I, I, I stand behind Beyonce. All hey, man, you know, nobody's going to attack me <laughs> at all if I'm behind Beyonce. If I'm behind Phil, then I'm in trouble. I'm dissing me. I'm like I'm like uh, everybody else, like Scott Ian. Oh no, no 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 none of that filthy. Just hook me up with Public Enemy and Beyonce. Let's kill the white man. Yeah. That's okay. That he's is got, okay. He's got it coming. Hey, stop black against black crime. Just continue your black and white crime. That's all right. Kill the honkies. <laughs> Here's uh here's something that uh I, I kind of gotta agree with even though it it, it hurts me too, uh, and this is somebody usually I can't stand anytime he opens his mouth but Marty Freeman. Marty Freeman came out and said that the Black Album by Metallica is probably the single-handedly most important album to metal. <laughs> oh come on, dude! Why does Marty Freeman waste guitar waste time on guitar? Get on that comedy stage. That shit's great. That's gold. Well, now, here, here's one thing. Even though I'm not a huge fan of it, you can't deny that that is the album that took Metallica into being the biggest metal band on the planet and one of the biggest bands in the world, one of the few that can still headline arenas no matter who's opening. Now, uh, you know, I've definitely lost interest in them after this point, but it did introduce a lot of people who, you know, weren't into it before it, it was a gateway drug for better or for worse, and he said it really helped the scene uh, continue after, you know, everything else, you know, all the, the cock rock died out, you know, and then grunge was a thing, but Metallica was still there, you know, you know in our opinion, you know, Pantera really saved metal, but Met, uh, Metallica did take it to the masses with the Blackout, so I well, kind of got to agree with that statement. Well, I, I, I believe you might have seen this, Ian, I did this a couple weeks ago. When I saw Last in Line live, uh, they played the whole Black Album before they came out. And I was like, you know, this shit is good. I actually enjoyed the Black Album. I think I was very unfair to it back in the past. Uh, okay, I, I really loathe Wherever I May Roam. I never liked that song. I still don't. Enter Sandman's like, blah. Uh, nothing else matters. Yeah. But, God, I loved um, when I heard uh, uh, How the Gods Failed. That was great. Of Wolf and Man, Don't Tread on Me. Uh, and, yeah, I know I'm going to get a little shit for this one. But after that night, I've been warming up my voice to Sad But True. Oh. Are you a fan of Harvester of Sorrow? Yeah. I think it's kind of like the same thing. Yeah. Those those songs are very similar. They, they are to an extent. Now, there, there are some songs I like on the Black Album. Another thing he brought up in this article, though, he also talked about the production, which I do agree because he said heavy metal isn't the easiest, you know, form of music for the masses to get a hold of. But he said it's also hard a lot of times to make it sonically sound perfect. Now, I agree with that, but I love the raw production of early metal. But, you know, to a lot of people who like FM kind of shit, I can see where the Black Album is, is more their vein because sonically it is perfect. It's just too perfect to me. It's too, like... Oh, I, I, I love that snare sound. That's another thing. I love the drum sound in that album. It's very punchy. I like it. I know you hate Bob Rock. I really find that production really good. I guess you find it just too perfect, right? Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's too sterile. 
for me. Right, I'm, I'm right. not saying it's bad. Like like Sonic. No, I got you. If, I got if you. that was your job to do, he's doing his job right. But I just like that sounded like you know that garage, that dirty fucking feel of rock and roll. And when, I got when you. it gets too glossy, it's like it's like listening to ABBA with heavy guitars. You know what I mean? It's just everything. That would I, I wouldn't want that. I love ABBA. I don't want no guitars in ABBA. <laughs> but hey. I got to tell you another thing. Another reason that I have to be vocal about how much I love the Black Album is because I want to play France. <laughs> but I'm fine. Next story. Hagar the fucking horrible just won't shut up. I guess he's trying to get people to watch this stupid ass fucking show he's got on now. Oh, he's got a show? Yeah, a dry, like drivers, dine-ins, and douchebags or some fucking shit. Uh, yeah, it's some car show. It, it, I, I don't know, because I ain't going to watch the fucking shit. But again, this motherfucker cannot do any interview without Van Halen coming up. But I get that in a way, because that's all anybody wants to know about or ask him about. Nobody gives a fuck about anything else he did. Nobody's like, hey, what are the Wabaratas or whatever the fuck they're called going to get together? No, nobody gives a shit. Or like, hey, are you going to do a tour where you play all of VOA? No, nobody gives a shit. They just want to stir up shit about Van Hagar. And uh, now he says, if we get back together, when and if it happens, it happens. And, uh, man, I hope this shit don't fucking happen. I wish I wish he'd really just shut up. You know, somebody brought up to me the other night how you keep seeing a lot of people's last shows. Like, you saw Jimmy Bain's last show. You went, you saw... Um, uh, I saw Lemmy's last American show. Right, he did play some shows that Right, will you do me a fucking favor? Will you go see Sammy Hagar? I'll fucking buy your ticket. If you could go there and give him that kiss of fucking death. Because I want this motherfucker dead. 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 I, you know, it, it'll be worth all the fucking tribute shows Eddie Trunk will do. And, and, and other people, oh, God, oh, once again, we'll hear about how fucking great Montrose is. You, you know, it'll be, it'll be worth that, like, week of hearing this cocksucker's name to know that he's fucking dead and he'll never, ever, even if Eddie goes on the fucking sauce again, have a chance to fuck up the mighty Van Halen. So, Ralph, I will buy the ticket. I'll buy you two tickets. Just go see this motherfucker so he dies. Please. God, you're evil. Oh, I hate that fucker. All right, here's a guy. The guy just writes shitty songs, and he's a horrible performer and a bullshitter. Come on, man. Yeah, yeah. He's got kids and a wife. Yeah, Be nice. That's like saying all Hitler wanted was a little bit more land for the German people. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it's a fuck. You're comparing Hagar to Hitler, huh? Hey, all starts with an H. You know, you do the math. <laughs> you're, you're Chinese. <laughs> you know. Well, yeah, in a way, if you think about it, he did put Van Halen's, he did turn Van Halen songs and threw them in ovens. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, ah, but but uh, let me just say, you know, because I'm I'm your co-host, bro. Yeah. Uh, I I don't subscribe to Ian's point of view. I don't want Van Hagar to die, but I wouldn't mind if he just went away and shut the hell up. That would be nice. But you know, I do want his fans to die. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Take another quail, or she's gonna love me later. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the pelican fly. Fly oh, pelican. pelican. <laughs> You, you realize those were flamingos flying in the movie, right? That's right. I love that part. Go ahead. Uh, all right, here's another motherfucker that won't shut up about the past because he knows he done fucked up. And that's Mike Portnoy. And, oh, yeah, yeah, I saw this one. Yeah, he, this, is, this is predictable, though. Yeah, and he just said, uh, oh, if they'd ever asked me back, you know, I'd definitely come back. And then he went on to talk in the, in the article. I don't know if you read it or not. 
but he said like no <clears throat> he was instrumental in bringing other former members of dream theater back on stage at a later date like if they were playing in town where a former keyboard player or their, their original singer lived he's like hey we were all in a band at one time let's be friends why don't you come up and do a show and stuff like that so he's like hey look i did this you know if you guys ever want to have me for a dream theater show i'll do it i'll do it <laughs> you know because really who wants to be in the winery dogs i love billy sheehan but ugh. i like the winery dogs i thought their last album was better but their new album is better than the first but i don't think it's doing as good no no i mean i mean it's uh the, the honeymoon's over portnoy knows he fucked up because he's got a thing with Dream Theater. I mean, I like some Dream Theater songs, and I, I try to get into them more. But you, you can't—they have a following. I mean, there are some music. Oh no, they're—they're—it's uh, an extreme following. Yeah, are you kidding and uh, and John Petrucci is just kind of like, hey, dude, you fucked up, and and I'm gonna make you pay for it the rest of your life. Because he kept saying under no uncertain well, terms, he he goes, "Are we kicking out Man Genie to get you back in the band?" But we all know how shit happens, and you know. A few years from now, this might happen. And I wouldn't mind. I got to see him with uh, uh, with Mike Portnoy when they opened up for Iron Maiden on the, uh, what the fuck was that last tour? Uh, Final Frontier tour. And, hey, what, what do you know? I guess I'm a jinx too. You know, I get to see him and he gets kicked out of the band. You know? Well, I, 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 I saw the same tour and we had Black Tide. What a horrible band. Yeah. Oh, you ever heard Black Tide? No, never heard of them. Terrible. Actually, they were gathering a following. They're from Miami. Oh, okay. And they became, like, all oh, darlings for a little while. And then they, they're just fucking terrible. You know, when they played, I can't remember what song it was. They did, like, a Metallica song. Uh, this is when they were open for Maiden. I, I think it was Creeping Death or something like that. And uh, they wanted to do the Wall of Death, you know, the split the audience in two and have them crash. Because it was uh, standing room only. And absolutely nobody moved. It was hilarious. <laughs> they suck so bad. They suck like at a Sammy Hagar level. Woo! That's how bad it is. Well, uh... But I also want to say, Mike Mark Port, Mike Portnoy, whatever the fuck his name is, that asshole told Dream Theater, hey, you're all going to have to sit on your ass because I don't want to do shit for two years. Five, and they were five like, years. Five years? Well, th and that's and what Dream Theater says. He denies that it was five years. But Dream Theater says he wanted us to take five years off. Even if it was one year. Who the fuck are you? What are you, the fucking, the, 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 the leader of the band? You're a fucking drummer. You're a Neil Peart wannabe. Now, he's not a bad drummer, but dude, that Mangini guy blows his ass away. That Mangini guy is in the Guinness World of Records. I don't know if you know this. Uh-uh. He, uh, I could be wrong. Somebody correct me. He can hit the drum uh, beat faster than anybody in a minute. He did like some kind of ridiculous amount of beats within a minute that nobody's been able to beat. He beat Blotzer's record? <laughs> you're a funny guy. Ian. I love Bobby that's, Blotzer. That's, you're a funny guy, Ian. That's why I'm going to kill you last. Okay, thanks. But don't worry. Sammy will be dead before you. But another thing I want to say is that I really want to hear that last Dream Theater album because uh, I like that one song, and I know it's out because I saw it Best Buy. Have Mr. X uh, hook me up because yeah, Mr. I'm Mr. X has got it. He can send it. To All right, have him send it to me because I'm, I want to hear because that the the first one did Mangini, though it's not bad. They were really borrowing stuff from themselves. I heard shit from images and words in that album, like they were repeating themselves. So I, I, the one song I did hear from this new one, I did like it quite a bit. So uh, have Mr. X send it to me. All right, we'll do.
All right, here's a concert tour coming to me, which you know you you know this as, as much as me, Ralph. We live in areas where you can't miss out on a lot of tours, and uh, this is one Lamb of God headlining with Clutch and Coc, and uh, I think I might go check this out. I've never seen Lamb of God. Uh, I've never seen Clutch, but I like Clutch, and I haven't seen Coc since I saw him open up for Maiden on the. Uh, Fear the, Fear the Dark. Yeah, Fear the Dark Tour. So this one's coming to New Orleans, man. I think I might check this out. My son really likes Lamb of God. He likes the newer, you know, the newer shit. I, I can't get him into the dad metal, you know. I guess, I guess that's too old for him now. But uh, he likes Lamb of God. I don't really know a lot, so I don't have an opinion one way or another. I know you're not too keen on them. But, uh, well, it's not that I hate them. Uh, actually, I not only did I see Lamb of God when they were a brand new band opening for, like, five other bands at the Cold Room, I filmed it. And I remember when I filmed it, because I didn't know who they were at the time, I thought they were very much a Pantera band, clone band. I'm talking about the early shit, and I kind of never really kept up with them, but I will say this. Lamb of God is one of those bands that I, that I don't hate. It's just, they just don't grab me, but whatever, you know? But at the same time, man, oh my God, their drummer is God, because what he does on that new Megadeth. Oh, you mean the one we're gonna talk about? Oh, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, that guy's a great drummer. Yeah. Well, that seems like a pretty good package to me. That's that's three bands I'd take a chance on. I love COC, the Pepper. Yeah. I love I love even the the, the earlier stuff because I have uh, uh, the vinyl of one of the early ones. Right. I think it's Amnesty. Yeah. But man, Deliverance is such a fucking killer album. Oh man. hell yeah! Oh hell yeah! Love some Pepper. But uh, all right. Well, now, uh, just premiered at the Sundance Film Festival was Rob Zombie's new movie, 31. And he had to uh, submit it three times to the MPAA to get an R rating. And uh, he's gonna it's going to get a theatrical release, but he did promise the fans that everything will get put back in to the uh, DVD and Blu-ray release of the movie. So uh, I'm probably not going to go to the theater, man. I'm just going to wait for that, because why do I want to see... You know, the I Know What You Did Last Summer version when I can see, you know, the Cannibal Holocaust version. I'm hoping it's good. I'm hoping it's better than the last one. I was really disappointed in The Lords of Salem. But uh, I'm hoping this one's good. I didn't see it. Ah, uh, yeah. Save your money. All right. Uh, I liked Halloween. You saw that one? Yeah, what was it? I liked the first one better than the second one that he did. I, I, I own the whole Halloween box set. Right. And I watched the first one. I started watching the second one. And when I saw Mike Myers go in the hospital, I go, oh, no, don't be like Halloween 2. The original Halloween 2, right, which right. I did not like. Oh, see, I liked Halloween 2. Really? I didn't like it. I'm talking about the original right, one. Right, right, No, no, I know. I, and you know what's fucked up, man, is I, uh, I think you got it and Mike Howard's got it. I kind of waited because I didn't have the money that week to get it. I didn't know that was limited. Now they want retarded money for that box set. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. They want retarded money for that shit. And let me tell you what I love, love, love. Part 3, Season of the Witch. Oh, I already have that on what Blu-ray. A, dude, that movie is so... I remember when that movie came out back in the day, everybody hated it. Because it didn't have Mike Myers. Right. I always loved it. Always loved it. That, the way that movie ends is very... It, it's like uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Yeah. Even that, that whole movie has an Invasion of the Body Snatchers feel. The great fucking movie. Then I saw four and five and six. And I was like, ah. Yeah. Then when I got to the Rob Rob Zombie version of the original, dude, that was really good. 
Yeah. It was really good. I, I have a problem sometimes with his dialogue because it seems like it, it's it's cussing just to be cussing. It's not like it to me. It's not as smart, smartly written as Tarantino dialogue. It's just like, hey, let's say something dirty to say something dirty. But I mean, I, I love Devil's Rejects. I thought that was a really good one. Devil's Rejects is awesome. I didn't like the part one though. Uh, uh, yeah, House of a Thousand Corpses. Yeah. I did not like it, yeah. and but Devil's Reject is awesome. And that's about it. I, I don't think I've seen any other Rob Zombie movies. Other than that, I saw the a Thousand Corpse, Double Reject, and Halloween. I, I don't think I've seen any other ones he's made. Right. Well, uh, yeah, I'll definitely check it out, though, man. I'll always give him the benefit of the doubt. Uh, <laughs> wow, this is funny. I know we both listened to a little bit of Jeff Tate's new band, Operation Mind Crime. They put out this album called The Key. That is uh, the first part to a new trilogy, and man, it did nothing for me. I know you didn't like it, but maybe... I, I hated it. Maybe you'll be open to his new album he's putting out. I know this, and this made me laugh, actually. <laughs> now Jeff Tate's putting out a jazz album. Can this guy be more out of touch? Seriously. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. You know, the funny thing is, though, I, I, I rag on all this. But I'm going to listen to it, if nothing else, just a oh, yeah. you know, I'll listen. Well, dude, I mean, we all need comedy in our right, lives. Right, I'll listen to it once, but, uh, man, I'd say I'm happy to see Queensryche putting out quality releases with Todd LaTorre. Uh, I really like the last two albums they put out, and I think they're heading in the right direction. I hope they stay with that, and, uh, man, Jeff, if you ever come back down to earth, you know, fucking put out a good album again. You know, you wake up in the morning, you see a bird chirping, and you smile. You see a little puppy, and you smile. And you're like, God, life is good. And then you hear Jeff Tate doing a jazz album, <laughs> and you laugh. And you realize, this life is great. <laughs> oh, shit. All right, next story. Uh, they're going to do a statue of Lemmy at the Rainbow Barn Grill. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I think that's awesome. It's still, man, this, I'm still sad over this. And I'm still, I've been listening to so much Motorhead. I mean, I have always listened to Motorhead. Uh, but, man, it's just, there's a, like a bittersweetness to it now. Knowing that we'll never get any new stuff. But, uh, you know, Lemmy was worshipped over at the Rainbow. And uh, I'm glad to see, you know, somebody really, you know, show something. You know, show respect to Lemmy outside of the community. I mean, I mean, they're a landmark institution, but they don't have to do this shit. But they know how much Lemmy meant to that place. And they also, you know, let's not be stupid. They know that Lemmy brought a lot of people there, too, that would go there just to see Lemmy. And uh, I'm glad they're doing this. I think it's great. I think there should be a statue of Lemmy everywhere. I, you know, I, yeah. I, I think it should be flown outside courthouses and, and state buildings and stuff, you know. Lemmy. Le, Lemmy really loved the people. Yeah, man. I mean, he, you know, he didn't hide. And he just went. It just don't bother him while he was playing his little machine. But then afterwards... My friend Jenny met him too, took a picture with him, and she told me he was such a nice guy. Awesome. All right. Well, Testament has just released the title of their new album coming out, and it's entitled Brotherhood of the Snake. And, uh, man, I'm excited for this one. Uh, Chuck Billy and uh, what's it? Eric Peterson, man. They're saying this one's going to be heavy. They're comparing a lot to The Gathering that a lot of people liked. And they also have the same bass player from The Gathering, Steve. Is it Smith or Smythe? The, no, Steve DiGiorgio. He's a or, guy. Or DiGiorgio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got the name wrong. Yeah. That guy's a fucking guy. Oh, He's yeah. from Sadus and Death. Right. He did, uh, Death Island. 
He's a fucking god. Yeah, and uh, and they got Hoagland on drums. Uh, this could be a really heavy album. I'm really excited about this one. I hope so, because I haven't been impressed by anything since The Gathering. Uh, see, I, 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 was, I, like I wasn't a fan of Demonic either. I liked Low. Low, I love Low. I, I think that's but, the most underrated. Well, we'll see, man. You know, they should get Lombardo, man. Who do they have? Tempesta, right? No, Gene Hoagland. Oh, gee, that's right. Yeah, yeah, you can't go wrong with Gene Hoagland. No, no, Gene Hoagland's amazing. Uh, yeah. I, can't, I can't complain there. Yeah, so uh, I'll definitely be uh, highly anticipating that album. I would prefer Lombardo, though, to tell you the truth. Because he's a fellow, he's a fellow Spick. <laughs> Round power. Spick power. <laughs> All right, well, hey, while we're talking about that, here's a couple guys that could qualify for that. Uh, the Cavalera Brothers. Oh, oh my God. I saw this shit. I was like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. Seriously. Out of all the Sepultura albums, you're going to play what I consider the worst with Max? Fuck you. Well, there, there's no denying, though, that it did turn a lot of people on to Sepultura that didn't know him before. But much like uh, like you look at Roots is how a lot of people look at the Black Album. This is where you tell the old school fans from the new school fans. And that's what the album Roots. Did Roots really do that well? Uh, it, it did, it, compared to the other ones, I mean, they were building steam, they were making a name for themselves, and much like Metallica, once Roots came out, just like the Black Elm, they lost a lot of the old school fans, but they gained a lot of new school fans, too. They lost me completely, and, uh, Chaos AD, believe it or not, I thought was a, a step in the wrong direction, too, though they, they did have its moments, but man, I think that one was more popular than Roots, wasn't it? That, I thought so. No. No, no, no. Wow. Well, I'm out of touch, you know, because when once Roots came out, I was like, "What is this garbage?" Yeah. They became like rap. Well, they you know? they admit they were highly influenced by the first Corn album, and uh, and <laughs> there you go. And uh, it was produced by Ross Robertson, Robinson, who did all the, you know, did the Limp Biscuit, did the Corn, you know, did uh, Machine Heads, Burning Red, you know, all that shit at the time. But, uh, yeah, Cavalier Conspiracy is going to perform it all in uh, its entirety. I guess I can check you off the guest list. Yeah, no, fuck that, dude. And I and I dug that Cavalier Conspiracy album they did. It was actually good. And I'm not a big Soul, Soulfly fan, even though I got to admit, a couple of the later, the last couple Soulfly albums were... Oh, it was a damn fucking good fucking... Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. A yeah, it was great. I, could, I just couldn't stand them when they first came out. A after the first couple of Soulflies, I mean, the first couple were definitely new metal. But then, uh, you know, I think he, he sensed it was a sinking ship. And now they're they're more thrash than anything. And I've really enjoyed the last fucking five or so Soulflies. I think it's been very solid. And Man, for me, it's all about fucking Beneath the Remains, dude. Oh, yeah. He never topped that one. And Arise, I love the Arise. Oh, yeah. But Beneath the Remains is like perfection. Great shit. All right, one last story that tangles... Mas hypnosis. I had to say that. Sorry. One last story that tangles in with our reviews tonight is Anthrax. Oh, they had a little bit of trouble. Oh, yeah, they're getting sued, right? Sued for a million dollars. For an ugly sweater. For an ugly sweater. This this seems to be the trendy thing now. These ugly Christmas sweaters. A lot of bands have like Slayers got one. All these different bands you can see. You can buy an ugly Christmas sweater. Well, Anthrax, of course, run by head Jew Scott Ian, has an ugly Hanukkah sweater. But this uh, artist from, 
I believe Michigan or Wisconsin, some shit like that. Uh, he believes he has a copyright, and they showed the shirts side by side. And it was... Oh, yeah? Did, did they look alike? Oh, almost identical, except one doesn't... Oh. Even, even down to the color. Well, I mean, but, but, oh. well, I mean, I mean the juke flag is blue and white, so it depends. But it's blue and white, and it's all, you know almost like the same amount of dreidels uh, and everything. The only difference is Ian, what has anthrax. And I have to say, uh, we are living in a politically correct world, so do not say Jew. Say Jewish. If you if you add the ish, it doesn't sound as racist. Anyway, these Jews are getting sued. Uh, ish. Yeah, and uh, they're not they're not Jew. They're Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> no, somebody who's a, right. somebody who's a Jew is a Jews. Somebody who ish. somebody who's just cheap is Jewish. <laughs> that, that's a, uh, yeah. Oh, if if they're not Jewish, but they're cheap, they're like. Jewish, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, Stephen Kirsch is a full-blown full Jew. <laughs> He's my boy, though, man. I love that guy. But Justin Childers is Jewish because that bitch just don't want to pay to live somewhere with fucking cable. That's why he lives in a fucking wood shack in fucking North Carolina. He he uh, he won a CD on the Doctor Fuck show last week, so I asked him for his uh, address, and he told me he lived on Horsecock Creek. And I was like, why ain't I surprised? <laughs> <laughs> Say no, what? Not what you're sitting on. Where do you live, you motherfucker? Uh, all right. Well, uh, hey, best of luck, Anthrax. I hope somebody buys a new album so you can pay for that lawyer. Yeah, right. I predict this album will do worse than worship music. Yeah. Well, let's find. Let, let, let's spoiler alert. Let's let's find out if uh, if it deserves to sell some. Let's get into these this double shot review we got. All right, now it's time to review two, yes, two albums, two brand new albums from two bands from the Big Four, the new Anthrax for the Kings and uh, Megadeth Dystopia. Is, uh, as we're recording this, which it is February the 6th, is the new Anthrax out yet? No, we, we got it before you can hear it. That's right, we have, buy it. <laughs> we, have, we have a call, guy called Mr. X. Yes, who, also known as Deep Throat. We call him Deep Throat because <laughs> we fuck his throat. Anyway, so, um, and, uh, we got, we got, uh, and we got, and we're going to review the new Megadeth with the bonus tracks. Yes, sir. And what is it? Like four bonus tracks, right? Yeah, we got all of them. Yeah, we got it all. So, uh, kick back, put your feet up, get some drinks. And food. And food. (laughs) And, uh, enjoy the Ralph and Ian experience. It's freaking awesome. <laughs> That's a little shout out to the Terrence and Mark experience, which I will be on their episode. They asked me to do a Thresh Die and some other show. I forgot. He told me he wanted me to be part of some other thing. And I, you know, I back, I back my boys. I back my retards. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. No, they're cool. I, I have no problem with them. They're not retarded. I mean, not as retarded as me. They only wish... They were as retarded as me. Okay, so anyway, uh, I think, Ian, to do this little spoiler alert, because we don't have to do no background how we discovered it, because we discovered it because Mr. X gave us some illegal downloads. There you go. That's all. That's that, That's how we got. We found out about these albums through illegal networking. Now, yes. Yes. I will say this. Um, 
I'm not speaking for Ian. I'm only speaking for myself. When I get illegal downloads, if I like it, I'll go buy it. If I don't like it, it goes in my recycle bin. So, um, spoiler alert, I'm going to buy the Megadeth. No, I already bought the Megadeth. What am I talking about? Well, I don't know about this anthrax, man. Um, but, you know, I know a lot of people think I'm like a this anthrax hater. And I'm going to automatically hate anthrax because I have this thing against anthrax. But yeah, man, you should understand that, like, uh, everybody has the same impression of me on, on Iron Maiden, but I've done some of that new Iron Maiden stuff, so, uh, and I'm going to go see him very soon. Anyway, uh, you got any opening things? Because I want to do Anthrax first, because I love to save the best for last. Yeah, uh, no, I just, I, I want to thank Terrence Rear, I mean, Mr. X, for a li- sending me this <laughs> illegal on. copy, and, uh, you know, oh boy. Hope his dad's internet doesn't get shut off now. It was Ter- uh, Terrence, Tyler, Michael, whatever. <laughs> yeah, Taylor. Uh, yeah, uh, well, fuck it. I'm just going to say off the bat, both these reviews, they're not going to be as in-depth as our normal shit because most of our reviews are albums we've lived with for years and we have memories and opinions on. These are all fresh, and some opinions might change. Some probably won't. Uh, so there, it's going to be a shorter review of each song, but uh, but we have listened to these albums. At least I know I have multiple times. So. I, I I I listened to that Megadeth since I bought it. It's not, it hasn't left my car. So every time I'm driving around, I've heard that album at least I don't know maybe 19, 20 times already. Anthrax two times. Two times, huh? Yeah, All two, right. two times. All right. So why don't you kick it off with the Anthrax opening track? You gotta believe. All right, uh, you gotta believe. You gotta be shitting me. This is your fucking first song. Oh man, what a dis- a horrible intro. Pointless and long. Uh, it's it's not cool. It's not. It doesn't affect a mood like sometimes an intro will. Like, ooh, this is something eerie or this is cool. It's just fucking annoying. And man, I love Anthrax. This, this review is really gonna hurt me because. Out of the big four, I'm way in the minority here. My two favorite out of the big four is Anthrax and Slayer, where most people it's Metallic and Megadeth. Uh, but I think if you add up all the bands' catalogs, you know, look at their whole discography. I personally believe Anthrax and Slayer have a better overall discography than Megadeth and uh, Metallica. <laughs> Well, no, okay, well, here's the thing. I, you're laughing at me. Okay, you can't take anything away from how important the first four Metallica albums are. Well, three to you, four to me. But to me, all the shit come after, minus Death Magnetic, really hurts their overall <laughs> album. You know? Death they're, Magnetic. They're you like Death Magnetic. Yeah, I'm that, 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 that makes you death pathetic. Hey, ooh, hey, hey. hey. Compared to the other shit they put out before that, man, it makes it sound like Master of Fucking Puppets. Hey, uh, don't hey, don't mind me. I like some of the Black Album. What do I know? Yeah. I actually so I, I actually think Bob Rock's production on the Black Album was awesome. So you know I'm retarded. Yes, you, yes. you know I'm out there. I love yes. Memory Remains and Until It Sleeps as well. Oh, God damn! Somebody get me a doctor! Oh, God, I give you a shot to the throat. I need a shrink. <laughs> Anyway, back to this piece of shit song. Uh, you gotta believe. Uh, 
I feel like I've heard this a million times from Anthrax, and I feel like I've heard it a million times better. And it's way too fucking long. For an opening track, this is not an opening track. Now, this is, actually shouldn't even be on the album, but it's definitely not an opening track. This song absolutely does nothing for me. What do you think, Ralph? All right, uh, as you as y'all know, like let me build it up before I get into the song. Uh, my favorite of the big four is definitely Slayer, and, and I don't know, man. Uh, I would have to say Metallica because of the strength of the first four albums. Yes, I agree. Everything they've done afterward is a downgrade, and I didn't hate and I didn't hate Injustice as much as you think. I just felt like. It was a little too long-winded at times, but shit, one shortest straw, uh, blackened Dire Deep. I love those fucking songs. Yeah, Harvester Star I dug as well. Now, uh, Anthrax, I would have to put at the bottom of the big four. Though I am a big fan of Fistful of Metal, Armed and Dangerous, and uh, uh, Spreading the Disease. I liked Sound of White Noise, and I liked Stomp 442. I liked uh, like five songs off their most popular one, Among the Living. I love Among the Living. I love Cotton Amash. I love uh, NFL, Skeleton in the Closet. That's it. I'm done. I don't like I'm the Wall. That's true. That's true. true. But then again, I'm, in, I'm insane. And I'll show you how insane I am. See, I'm not this big into Anthrax. And this opening track, you got to believe. Well, you got to believe that I'm insane because I like it. Wow. I like this song. I like it a lot. The one thing that I will say that Ian is right about, that I agree with Ian about, uh, is... They do repeat themselves with that dan 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 dan. They use that dan dan. That's like a signature anthrax thing. But you know, it's it's not something you should overuse. But I think it does complement the song. Um, I like it. I really do. I, I and and you know, before I listened to this album, and uh, Ian said to me, "Boy, man, I am really disappointed in this album." And the way you described it to me, you said. What really pisses me off about that album, it just starts so shitty, it kind of ruins it for me. That's what you told me. Yeah. And I, I was agree. like, and then I listened to it, and I was like, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying this is fucking as good as, you know, uh, Medusa or Gung Ho or shit like that, but it's not bad. I, 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 I hung with it. I thought it was a good song. I have absolutely no complaints about this song. I dug it. I even like the intro. It's kind of uh, with the cello, oh. kind of be-all, end-all type shit. I didn't mind. It was okay. It was a good song. You gotta believe it's one of the standout tracks. Not my favorite off this album, but it is a, a standout track. Let me go into the next one. The next one's called Monster right. Monster at the End, right? Right. This song, how it starts, it reminds me of that song Nothing from uh, Stomp 442. That oh, I, love the, I love that song. And I love this one too. I love Monster at the uh, End. <laughs> Can uh, you believe it? I'm, we're two songs into it, and I'm not complaining. I think the shit rocks. The chorus, the chorus is a bit too melodic, but I can deal with it. I think "Monster" at the end is a cool tune. It, I think it's a good one-two punch so far. What do you think of "Monster" at the end? Well, it, it's so funny because you and me couldn't disagree more on Anthrax as a whole. Yeah. And and we disagree on this album so far because I think I find this boring, uninspired. I, I think these two songs are a horrible way to start the album. And I love their new guitar player. What's his name? John uh, Dennison or something? I don't know. I, I, I'll, I'll tell you this. This guy, I, I don't know if I put it in my notes, but he did a guitar solo on one of these songs that was so good. I was like, dude, this guy is way better 
than that guy that looked like Fred Flintstone. You know the guy that was in the band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paul, Paul. Uh, no, not Paul Crook. The one after not him. Paul Crook. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I know. I'm, I'm the guy that's in Volby, Rob. Rob Cam- Rob Camouflage. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I love the guitar player from Shadows Fall. I love Shadows Fall. I really think they're a good band, and I was really excited when they got this guy. But uh, I, I, there's just something about this album that doesn't sound guitar-wise, especially guitar solo-wise. I just I, I miss Dan Spitz like fucking crazy. Well, Dan Spitz is superior than everybody that's been in Anthrax. You know, I I really do. I mean, his his soloing. You know, when I think of Anthrax, I think of his solos that supposedly uh, Charlie did, or Charlie wrote, or whatever they want to fucking however they want to rewrite it now. Which everybody disagrees with them, except for, you know, yeah. Charlie and Scott. It, not only Scott, uh, Dan Spitz came out saying, dude, are you fucking high? Yeah, but I, I the did producer. Yeah. Even the producer said, dude, that was Dan yeah. Spitz. Yeah. And I think, to me, that's what's really missing uh, from this, is that sound. That, that sounds like anthrax to me. And it's, you know, it's been slowly going that way, even though I've liked some of the newer shit. And I don't know if it's all of, like... Scott's side projects because he's got uh, you know Motor Sister with his wife which Motor Sister what a horrible name and the, the album is, is so-so it's uh, I don't know ain't set the world on fire but a lot of this shit reminds me of this horrible album he did uh, a few years back called The, the, the Dangerous Things the, da- the Damn Things oh with like guys from like Good Charlotte or some kind of fucking horrible shit bands like that I think Fall Out Boy no? Yeah, yeah, something like, I mean, horrible shit. I mean, some fucking hot topic fucking band. But I, I don't know if this shit is, is... Does he just not care about thrash anymore? Because my biggest complaint with this album is where is the fucking thrash? You know, you got Joey back. You got this incredible voice that sounds great over thrash riffs. Where's the thrash music? And another one that really lets me down this album is... is one of my favorite drummers of the Big Four, Charlie. And I know Charlie's had a lot of health problems, a lot of personal problems the last couple of years, but man, usually Charlie just blows me the fuck away. And I, I don't think of any drumming on this whole album that like made me sit back and go, oh yeah, Charlie. You know, it just, it could have been fucking anybody else. This song was fucking boring to me, uninspired, and, and so far as a, as a, one of the few people that still believe in anthrax, man, I'm, I'm really let down. Yeah, but, I, uh, I gotta tell you that I, everything you just said, I do agree with you. So I guess I'm not judging this album as an Anthrax album. I'm just judging it musically. That's why I'm like, eh. But yeah, if I was to judge it as an Anthrax album, the first two out, the first two songs incorporate this melody that just that that it does not it does not stand head to head, toe to toe to classic Anthrax. It just doesn't. Right. And, but uh, but musically, I'm digging these these songs so far. I, I think another thing that might be is is I probably have higher expectations than you do because I love Anthrax. More. Right, right. So that, when, that, when, that may be the reason. So so when they don't deliver... Uh, now, I didn't think the last album, Worship Music, was perfect, but I thought it was like... I, I still liked it a lot, and I thought it was something to build on. I was like, ooh, in the next album, you know, when they're, when they're you know, since they've toured together again and they can be more cohesive, you know, I'd expect something like better, but I, I'm, so far I'm really let down. But while I'm already depressed, hey, let's go into the fucking title track. That's a total piece of shit. Uh, for all kings. 
I, uh, you know, my notes for this is now I'm really getting scared because this sucks. This, this, this sucks worse than the fucking cover. And, uh, oh, know, come on, let's not get crazy here. A, a, a lot of people, man, were bitching about this cover. And I didn't hate it as much as everybody. I mean, they, they're, they're stuck in this cartoon cover, you know, thing for a while now. And, and some I really like, some I don't. What I really hate, though, about this cover is how you have the, uh, Scott and Charlie up front and everybody else in the fucking background. That annoys the piss out of me, you know? But, uh, hey, if they're steering the fucking ship, then they're to the fucking blame for the fucking circle this fucking boat's going in. Because, man, our third song in, and I already think this is the worst Anthrax album ever. You know, where, where's wow. the fucking... Yeah, where's the fucking, uh... Volume, volume 8 and State of Euphoria are my least favorites. Uh, you know, I, I think this makes State of Euphoria sound like fucking, uh, uh, spreading the disease. Well, I'll let you know what if I think that, what you just said, when we're done reviewing this album. Yeah, yeah, but so I, far, so far I'm digging it. Alright, well, uh, then, then you go into the title track. Okay, the title track, we're, we're really on the same page on this one. Weak, boring... Even Joey's voice is all strainy and annoying. And, and as the music, it, it just—it sucks. See, see, that's what I said. Just like yep. you said, it sucks. <laughs> I got my notes right here. It sucks. It's a—it's a shitty song. And for it to be the title track, and I'm right. sorry, I'm sorry, it's not worse than the album cover for me. I think it goes perfect with the album cover because <laughs> the album cover sucks, and so is this song. And for it to be a title track, come on, what the fuck? And, it, and listening to it, I'm thinking to myself, you know, Anthrax are kings of trendy, like they, whatever's popular they're into. And I think while they wrote the song, they had that that uh, Game of Thrones or whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah, they, they did a song for a Game Game of Thrones soundtrack. Yeah, so th this is like, I think this song's very influenced by a show, which I have yet to see, but I do want to see because I heard good things about that show. Oh, I love the show. I gotta watch it. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. It's better than this fucking album, I'll tell you that much. Alright, then the next song is Breathing Lightning. Now, this song was released, like, not too long ago, uh, before the album came out, and I hated it the first time I heard it. But, you know, the more I've heard it, I, I hate it more. Uh, <laughs> it's it's The riffs are r repetitive uh, during the verses. It's more of that melodic chorus that keeps going on, but... It goes nowhere. Unlike the first two songs with the melodic thing, I can hang with that. But this one is like, ugh. And I, you know what? I think I've heard it enough to pass this judgment because I did listen to uh, Breathing Lightning like two, three times before I, I listened to the whole album. Thinking, God, you know, because I hear, I heard interviews with Charlie and Frankie and Scott talking about how amazing the song is. I'm like, what am I missing here? So I was like, after three, four times, I was like, ah, fuck it. I can't get into it. So I gave it another chance, two more chances. You know, because I listened to the album as a whole, and then I grabbed a piece of paper and listened to it again going down each track. Um, breathing Lightning is suck. It's, you know, it's, to me, it's like breathing farts. It's not good. I don't like it. You, Ian? Yeah. All right. Uh, now, this is one man, when I first heard this, I was like, what the fuck? Does nothing for me. Where is the fucking thrash that I expected? Uh, but I will say, and of course we're going to disagree again. This is the one where, on repeated listens, I really like this song in one way and I hate it in another. 
I think it's a good song. I think it's a bad Anthrax song. You know, I it, it's the more I hear it, I kind of like the chorus and I like this, but it sounds nothing like Anthrax to me. It's kind of catchy. Every time I listen to it, I like it a little bit more, but it is not what I want out of Anthrax. I want some fucking thrash. You're one of the big four thrash out there. There's nothing thrash about this song, even though the more I hear it, the more I like it, but it doesn't mean it's a good Anthrax song. Well, I gotta say that what you're saying about the song is what I'm saying about the first two. It's not like Anthrax, but I dug it. Yeah, and, that, and that's how I feel about this one. Definitely, this is the one that my opinions changed on the most. Uh, but again, it's it, it's not it's not what I want to be. This uh, it reminds me of like you know the horrible '90s Megadeth. You know when they were just trying to get on the radio. But the funny thing is, I could almost kind of see this on the radio because it's catchy. But it's like a six-minute song, so there's no way it's going to get on the fucking radio. You know, one of your longest songs. I don't know. I dig it, but it's not what I want from these guys. So let's go to the next one, which is uh, Caesarean. Is, is that the, uh, is that I pronounce Is like Caesarean section or whatever the fuck? I really don't know. I, I don't know, and I don't know. At one point, it sounds like Joey's saying Sizzling. So maybe it's Sizzling. Like, move over, Bacon. Here comes Sizzling. Uh, not horrible, but, uh, I'm still waiting for something to fucking kick my ass. I know you don't like I Am The Law, but I want something like I Am The Law. Or Indians. I know you don't like Indians either, but I want some classic sounding fucking anthrax. I right? want fucking Aftershock. I love Aftershock. You know, shit, you know. I fucking, I don't know, man. It's none of this shit. It's like you got Joey back, but you're missing the whole vibe of old anthrax and the only ones I can blame for this are the ones who take all the credit and that's Scotty and Charlie and to a lesser degree Frankie you know and and, and where's Frank's bass on this album you know normally you hear Bellow like a motherfucker all over I mean Bellow's one of my favorite bass players out of the big four and you don't hear him at all on this album I don't yeah I mean I mean have have any of these songs had a standout Frankie Bellow bass line to you? So you know, far? that's that's another important thing about Anthrax is Frank's uh, bass playing uh, where he plays alone, you know, yeah. But, you know, I don't think we've heard that since, uh, shit, I can't even remember. Got the Time, maybe? I don't even think there were... Oh, wait, wait, wait. Uh, Burst from uh, Sound of White Noise got some killer bass riffage. Right, but, you know, you know I mean, there's just, there's so many... And classic anthrax elements that are missing and that's just another one of them and another thing is is joey on this album i, I think joey he sounds good vocally but it, it just sounds disconnected like they sound like guys who don't hang out together you know just like okay uh you know and, and joey bitches about it he goes i want to be friends with these guys but there's just like nothing there but it feels like a guy coming in punching his time card Okay, here's my lyrics. And he, while the voice sounds good, it doesn't sound like guys together writing music together. Just like, here's your homework, read it, sing it tomorrow. And I get that vibe off of almost everything. I'm so, so upset, man. I mean, this is really... You know, you know, and I know you're going to disagree with me, but that was my problem with uh, Persistence of Time. I felt like Joey wasn't part of the band. I felt like it was dishonest. I don't think... The delivery was good on a percentage of time because 
it was Anthrax telling them how to sing. And what really upsets me is that they don't let Joey in on the songwriting. And dude, if you listen to the solo album, and if you listen to Sun Red Sun, like that song, uh, You Don't Have to Put Me Up. I forgot the name of the song. It's a hard life to live. Yeah. Fucking awesome song. And it turns out Joey Belladonna wrote that song. And I'm like, dude, Joey Belladonna writes better songs than Anthrax. Oh, does. Oh, I, I love the first Belladonna solo album. That, I, I the, the second, the second one was good too. I, I, I've never heard it, but I, I love the first one. But uh, see, I, I disagree, and I know I'm in the minority here. I, I think Persistence of Time is one of you know I, that to me that's in the top three Anthrax. Albums. No, you're not minority. A lot of people love that one. I, just, uh, I, I, I don't. I, I think me and John Holt might be. The, I think John Holt likes it. Everybody on Justin Childers thinks it sucks. All, all the other people on the fan page that like Anthrax. Man, that album gets no. I thought it was heavy as fuck. I love that album, and but, I, I love I love the production. Uh, but I'm in the minority. By the way, uh, just to get off subject for a second, on the Doctor Fuck show last week, I had a giveaway for the new CD, and Justin Childers won. And then I said, "All right, send me your address," and he sent me his address. And no shit, he lives in Horsecock Creek. Oh, I believe it. Unbelievable. I don't, but it, I said that there anyway. Anyway, yeah. and uh, he doesn't—he doesn't even have a PO box. He has a BO box because he stinks because they don't have water, running water there. He can't bathe. You know, smells nah. like his dad's tool shed. He gets yeah. his mail under the door that has a little hole like four feet above it. Yeah. <laughs> he sucks cock and gets mail at the same time. <laughs> All right. So anyway, uh, Sizzleine or Suburbia or whatever the fuck. Oh, by the way, by the way, Justin Childers said. This is the best thing that Anthrax has done in years. This song. No wonder he lives in Horse Cock Creek. Exactly. Well, you know, you suck Horse Cock. You're, you're, hey, ba- hey, you're bound to have, like, a bad, you know. That uh, shit don't float at his sister's house. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, my, my thing on Caesarean is... I, I'm reading my notes here. Good opening riff. Cool verse. Bridge is okay. Then it goes into that nothing is over repeating. It just loses oh. me. Oh then, yeah, that's terrible. And then it goes into like a killer middle section that I did. The solo was great, uh, but a waste. But but what I think the good parts of the song, it's a waste to use that killer killerness and then throw in that nothing is over bullshit. It ruins the song. And it, what what it could have been a great song, it's a waste to use it on this and it's such a lackluster song in the end with some good parts that don't mean anything because you know uh nothing is over well this song is over fuck this song well, uh, something i want to ask you because i've never listened to these guys but that whole like nothing is over thing to me that's like scott trying to be like is that what bull beat sounds like or that kind of fucking shit because it reminds me of that crappy uh damn things or dangerous things or... I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It just... It, it, it's like it's trying to be too fucking radio friendly. You know? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you're right, though. That, that, that shit was horrible. Alright, then the next song, Evil Twin, which was the first song I heard off this album, which right. I, I, I'll be honest with you. I heard it once and I was like, oh, fuck this song. But I did hear it again. Uh, listen to this. And again, it's more of the da-da-da-da signature they threw in here. I'm just not feeling it. It does nothing for me. Evil Twin is, uh, you know, it's a, it's a shitty twin. 
That's the All best. Right. I, that's that was lame. That's a lame review. But what do you expect me to lame uh, a review of me reviewing a song that I find lame? All right. Uh, yes, this was the first one that was made available. Um, and when I first heard it, I was very underwhelmed. Like like you, it's like oh heard this a million times like this this is the this is what you release first you know to try to get people's attention it's this i will say that it grew on me a little bit uh and at least to me it, do, it does have that, that but there's something anthrax there that the rest of the ha- album doesn't and even though it's not that great of song at least there's something here that sounds like anthrax but uh yeah it's definitely not it's, it, it sounds like any other filler Anthrax song. Yeah, but they don't look at it that way because they released it as a single. Right. Uh, here we go. Next song is... Let me see here. Oh, God. Um, see the full, Blood Eagle Wings. Holy fucking shit. Uh, I don't know. My Is every song the same on here with different lyrics? Because this sounds like so much of the other shit, and it's so long. So fucking boring. You know, this is no fucking epic, even though it has an epic length. Yeah, just fucking terrible. I, I think this could be the worst song on the album, and that's saying something. I really think that this is a total fucking turd, and, uh, yeah, oh, God, I really hate this song. I really hate the song. What do you think, Ralph? Uh, I disagree. Though I don't like the song, oh, I, I think it's it's a slow grinding tune, which is not you know your typical Anthrax. Not bad, except for the chorus, melodic, boring shit that goes nowhere. Yes, the slowly. Chor- yeah, the chorus is so t- horrendous that that is the only bad thing I can say about this album. The rest, it's not great, but it's not bad. I'm kind of like on the fence, but. Uh, don't get me wrong. I, you know, you're saying it's the worst song on the album. I, I think, uh, I, I don't know, we're not done with the album, but I think a couple of those ones before were worse. But, it, you know, this is like, this is kind of like a piece of shit with peanuts where the other uh, the other pieces of shit, they had no peanuts. I, I will say this. Uh, I think the last time one of the big four released an album this fucking mediocre and horrible would probably be World Needs a Hero. Uh, yeah, that was really bad. Yeah, and, and this uh, this album reminds me of that. Just uninspired, soulless, just like, oh shit, Rent's due. We gotta put out an album and go on tour. Yeah. This, this shit's terrible. Awful. Take the next one. Defend uh, Avenge. Okay, Defend Avenge. Uh, th- not as bad as some of the other shit that came before, but, you know, it's not epic, uh, but could use a little bit more of this sound. There's still something missing. Again, this would be an okay filler song if the songs before it were much better. I think I could forgive this song a little bit more, but it's just, uh, you know, it's it's not horrible, but, it, you know, it, it's nothing memorable either. It's just, it's another song on this fucking album. All right. That's all I got. Okay. Uh, me, this is what I said in my notes. Awesome. Love it. Killer riffs and groove. The, this works completely for me. Couple twists and turns that keeps me interested, and it and uh, it's my favorite song on the album. Oh, okay. There you go. All right, I'll take the next one. All of them thieves. Heavy intro reminds me of something from Stomp Four Four Two. Killer riffs, cool tune. The chorus is a bit boring, but 
does not ruin it for me. All of them themes is all right. And, you know, I guess, you know, it's kind of got that, I don't know if, if it was Tester or Drop the Ball, one of those Stomp 442 songs. It gives me that vibe. So this is another song. And so far, there's four tunes I like. This album, I'm liking more than you. What the fuck? I know. Oh. All right, what do you think of All Them Thieves? All Them Thieves, my favorite track on the album. Well, there you go. You see, we agree. We, I mean, it's not my favorite track, but I like the song, and you like it. See that? Right. Let's kiss. But, well, uh, but the sad thing is, I put favorite track, and that that's it for my notes. Because, I mean, it's even though it's my favorite track, I still have nothing, like, super duper to say about it. Just, eh, it's my favorite out of this shit. But uh, I do like this song. All right, you take the next one. All right, let's see. What's the fuck? The battle chose us. Uh, The battle chose us. Eh, Not bad, but nothing to write home about it. It, it, It's a filler track. The the sad thing is it's a filler track, but it's one of the better songs on the shitty album. All right, this is what I say. I say it's it's got a cool riff. Don't hate it. Don't love it. Middle of the road. Filler. That's what I have to say about right. that. I will. I will say this. I think the second half of this album is better than the first half by far. Right. Okay. Well, it has my favorite song so far. All right. You take the very last track. Zero tolerance. Oh, zero tolerance. Hey, yeah. This is what my notes say. A limp album is over. Sad face. I, I, a hor- horrible song and a horrible closer. Man, just oh, ugh, yuck. Fucking hate this song. All right, well, I'm very surprised you say this because uh, I think this is the only song on the album that has the old school thrash. It's got oh. the speed thrash. It's got it's chaotic and killer. Thrash finally shows up on this prick tease of an album because this album is like sometimes you think it's gonna get thrash, but it doesn't. But here it goes. We finally got thrash. If you were looking for thrash, you're gonna find it in Zero Tolerance. But then it takes a turn for the worse with the chorus. It fucks everything up. It fucks up the momentum. It's like crappy. And then when that shit's over, it returns to the thrash. And it ends thrashy. I gotta say, uh, Zero Tolerance, I can't say I like this song. Even though it brings back the thrash and it kept me interested. But you fucking put in the middle of a fucking killer thrash song some horrible melodic bullshit that you hear all through the song. It's like it takes the wind out of it that when it gets back to thrash, it's like, this is great, but you ruined it for me. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, it's kind of like you're banging a chick, right? And it's really good. It's like the best sex you ever had. And then she fucking pulls you off and punches your balls real hard. And it's like, fuck, ow! And then she's like, go ahead, put it back in. And you put it back in the pussy. And the pussy's really good still. It's still good. And you're like, all right, this is good pussy. But my fucking balls still hurt. That's how I, I feel with Zero Tolerance. And it's a great title because I have zero tolerance for fucking up a Thrash song. So therefore, fuck this song. Thank you. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I gotta listen to it again. I I think the whole album is, is just so bad. Like, even by the end, if, I guess, if it's getting thrashed, I don't even notice because I'm in such a bad mood because I'm so disappointed. I, I can't remember the last time uh, I was this disappointed in a band that I really liked, man. Uh, maybe that's because I didn't listen to Super Collider all the way through. I never made it all the way through that, but uh, man, this is just heartbreakingly bad to me. Very subpar. But 
that doesn't mean you shouldn't buy it using our Amazon link because maybe you have a different opinion than me. Justin Childers thinks it's awesome. He loves it better than worship music. I think he's fucking nuts, but uh, hey, buy 10 copies and prove me wrong. I gotta give worship music another chance because I wasn't really... I love the end. I thought that was a good song. Fight Him Till You Can't Fight was okay, but I felt like the rest was like, eh. So, you know, maybe I should listen to it again because... You know, coming off this album, I think this one's even better. But that's not saying much. Wow. Wow. Yeah, uh, so, all right. Yeah, this is the first time we ever did this on the Rock and Metal Combat podcast. We're going to give stars uh, five excellent, one shitty. How many stars would you give this? I would give this uh, one and a half stars. All right, I'd give it two and a half. So there you go. All right. So uh, I wish I had gas in me because I would love to do my overall review and fart into the mic. But, you know, well, I'll just do it like this. Like, there, thank you. There you go. The, the, the best thing about this album is the cover. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Why, be- why it wasn't more thrashy, I'll never know. That's right. <laughs> And you better not hate it, you son of a bitch. Uh, this is going to come out February 26th, 2016. Produced by Jay Rutson. And uh, I could give a fucking frog's fat ass. I'm, ugh, I'm disgusted. All right. I, I think we should stop talking about this already. Yeah, I'm getting sad. And let's get into what I feel is an amazing fucking album. And right. I, I want you to take track one from Megadeth's Dystopia. That was released earlier this month, right? Yes. yes. No, last came, month. Last month. Yeah, yeah. It came, came out January 22nd. And this is something you predicted. Yes. Uh, you know, you predicted Megadeth would come back with an amazing album. Well, and, I, got, I got to tell you this. It's not like I'm, I'm patting myself on the shoulder because I knew it. But there was an interview I read with Dave saying, Look, I know what the fans like. The next time we're going to get thrashy. And then I was like, that didn't really convince me. I was like, oh, well, maybe that's there's hopeful. But then when I heard he got Kiko in the band, I was like, oh, yeah, next time it's going to roll. Well, I'm going to rechristen you Nostradamus because you predicted this shit right. Yeah. Uh, wow. Wow, was I in for a pleasant surprise. No band out of the big four has disappointed me more than Megadeth. And that's saying something because Metallica really, really? pissed me off. Wow. Yeah. Even more than Metallica. More than Metallica because I believe Dave Mustaine is not only the greatest guitar player out of the big four, I think he's the best songwriter. But uh, he gets so fucking worked up and tried to beat Metallica at Metallica's game, he's lost the point a gazillion times. He just, to me, he has all this potential in the world to be even a thousand times better than he is, but he always shoots himself in the fucking foot, uh, either with his fucking mouth or with just trying to outdo Metallica. Yeah, well, I gotta tell you, man, um, the problem is Dave Mustaine has, has indeed outdone Metallica on a few occasions, but it still doesn't reach the, the you know, the, the success. And, you know, like, come on, let's be honest. Rust in Peace versus the Black Album. Um, uh, countdown versus uh, what? Um, uh, what's the uh, load? Yeah. Come on, come on. You know, I mean, 
And he has done it. He has outdone Metallica musically. And, you know, in, in, in the metal world, the diehards, they'll all agree. You know, that Megadeth did do a lot of outstanding shit while Metallica was releasing garbage. But, uh, yeah, keep going. I didn't want to cut you off. I just want to add to it. There's just uh, another problem is that there's no continuity with Megadeth because you're hard pressed to get two albums with the same fucking lineup. You know, he's such a fucking douche. He, he just drives everybody away. Uh, but man, his talent you can't fucking deny. And finally, here it's just like I, I think he's got it right on the money. And when I heard this first song, I was like, holy shit, Megadeth is back. The first song, The Threat Is Real, amazing. Megadeth is back, it's a great opener, and it's classic sounding. And what I really, really love about this album is the production. I think it sounds, it doesn't sound too modern. I, I will say, you know, there's a certain aspect on Dave's vocals. I think you can tell her touch because his voice has changed. But musically, you know, all the other instruments, really good sounding production for a modern metal album. I don't like a lot of modern production. All the bands that I give a shit about, they go for way, you know, retro, lo-fi kind of production, not this fucking, you know, it shouldn't sound like a goddamn techno album. And I, I really like, I never heard of the guy who co-produces, his name's uh, Chris Rakestraw. Never heard of this fucker, but uh, I like the job he did and uh, very happy with it. A great song, good to hear, good thrash, Megadeth, in this day and age. What do you think of that? Yeah, de track? definitely the best thing they've done since Rust. And I love Endgame. I didn't mind United Abomination, and I dug System of Sale. But I think this destroys all three of those albums combined. And, uh, but uh, this song, I love how it opens with that classic Megadeth riffage. I really dig Dave's voice on this song. It's different. It's more talkative a little. A little lower tune, but it's just awesome. And then when Kiko and Dave do that ripping, ripping, ripping guitar solo. And you also got to fucking give it up to Dave with amazing lyrics. These lyrics on this song are just fucking great, you know? Uh, Goddamn, Thread is Real is right out there. And this is, a, this is a song we all heard before the album came out. Right. And I, when I heard it, I go, I knew it. And, and Ian, if you want to go back to... The news extravaganza episode, we talked about this song. Right. And, th and then you said, you go, this song is fucking awesome. But I got to wait to hear the next, the next rest of the album. Right. I'm not going to And I was kind of like, I just feel like the rest of the album is going to be fucking amazing. Watch. Thank you. Yeah. There you go. All right. Then I'll go into Hangar 18 Part 2, Dystopia, the, the, the title track. Amazing. Uh, very Hangar 18. It even borrows kind of like the Hangar 18 uh, uh, structure. You know, uh, but man, I like this more than Hangar 18. But then again, I've never been a fan of Hangar 18. I, I always like the end of the song when Marty and Dave go back and forth. But as far as the song, I never really dug it. This song, I dug. Even with, it's kind of like what Hangar 18 should have been for me. The fucking lyrics to this song, you know. The quickest way to end a war is to lose. That's so fucking cool. And the sick. And, oh, and and we never got this much from Dave, but we didn't get it. We got it once on uh, on Endgame on Headhunter when he goes, "Wow!" You know that? Wow! 
Well, he does it on Dystopia, and he brings it back on a couple more songs coming up, which I love that snotty. Wow! Anyway, so here, here it, uh, it appears for the first time. And then, like Hanger, it goes into that different thing where it's just solo central. Kiko and Dave going back and forth, and goddamn, man. You gotta love this. You know, Ian, you gotta think, dude, with all the deaths that's been going on this year, you have to be happy to be alive to experience this shit. Oh, yeah. You know? And uh, he did say that he was inspired by Jeff Hanneman's death uh, for this album. He said, oh. he said when, that, when that happened, it really made him like, you, you know what, time, time is short. Time, I gotta do something. Yeah. I gotta do something. Oh, good. boy, and, and did he. Yeah. All right, uh, take, take the title track. Uh, believe it or not, when I first heard this, I was a little underwhelmed, and don't ask me why. Because listening to it now, it's it's fucking amazing. I don't know why they give me. Uh, Justin Children said he didn't like it, and I was like, eh. And then I listened to it again. I was like, holy fuck, this is amazing. And the guitar work on this, Marty Freeman, suck a dick straight up. I'm so glad they got Kiko. Thank somebody, you. Thank somebody, you. And somebody who wants to play metal, not some fucking J-pop fucking bullshit. You want to talk? I the most overrated member ever out of fucking Megadeth is Marty Friedman. Oh well, that there, there. I don't know. I don't know about that, but but thank yeah. you. I I've always liked Kiko more, but I love Marty Friedman. I'm a big fan of Hawaii. You ever heard his first band Hawaii? Dude, that shit was thrash, like like around Metallica. It, the, do yourself a favor, listen to Hawaii. I don't know. See, I heard some cacophony, and that shit didn't do nothing. Well, cacophony is more for guitar players, you know? Yeah, I mean, that just sounded like fucking some some Yngwie masturbation shit to me. But, uh, you know, and definitely his heart ain't in this shit. Kiko is the real fucking deal. And if, when I first heard they're getting this, I'm like, who in the fuck is this guy from some fucking third world country? This dude's fucking amazing. Angra rules, dude. Great band. Never, never heard him, but I'll go check him out after this show. I, it might, it might not be your thing, Ian. But, but trust me, and listen to Angler. Uh, you might not like the music, but listen to his guitar playing. You'll understand why. Well, fuck it. I don't even have to tell you that. Listen to his guitar player on Dystopia, and you will understand yeah. why I love this dude's guitar playing. Oh, I do too. And another thing I think is an important factor on this is uh, Chris Adler on drums. Oh, I was gonna get into that, but I wanted to talk about that on the next song, which I will. But I'll let you go now. But uh, it's the fact that Megadeth is his favorite band of all time. Oh, that's awesome. And uh, that's why the guys from uh, Lamb of God just said, hey, take your time and go do this, because they knew what this meant to them. What big four band has done an album this good since the heyday? No, none. 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 Not Slayer, not Anthrax, not Metallica. This is Megadeth, to me, like surpassing the big four. All right, I'll go into the next one, Fatal Illusion, which it's different in the beginning. It's got a crunchy thing that I've never heard Megadeth do before. That dun 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 dun. dun. It's very unlike Megadeth. And then something that I've been waiting for since Peace Cells, Dave Ellison, that fucking little bass intro he does. That's all over that fretboard. He hasn't done that shit since Peace Cells. You know, and you're like, uh, or killing is my business. There's a lot of that crazy bass riffage that ever since, like, yeah, okay, you can hear it in uh, so far, but by the time Russ came in, he's been kind of like, you know, just laying down the groove. 
but here he is doing like that fucking intricate, crazy bass playing. And then when the band kicks in, that's this is when it finally dawned on me by track three because I am not a Lamb of God fan. They're not really into him. But then again, I can't say I'm an expert because I, you know, what I've heard I didn't like. But boy, that when the when the band kicks in after that drum, after that bass thing, and the fucking the way this guy hits the drums in this song, and the way he does the double bass through most of this album, this guy's fucking phenomenal. This guy is the shit. He is amazing. He is to me like probably the star of this album with Kiko, you know. But oh, yeah. you got to give it up to Dave, to both Daves. Everybody is on here. But to me, I got to say this guy, this Adler guy, surprised me the most because I never really knew how good this guy was. And boy, this guy's the best drummer they've had since, I guess, Nick Mensa. Where Nick Mensa's not that great anymore. I mean, he's not as good as this. That's for damn sure. So, uh, what else do I have in my roads? Uh, the drumming's badass like the rest. Tight as fuck. As of now, this is my favorite track on the album. Love it. Fucking badass. Nice. Uh, my notes. Fuck yeah. Three in a row. If you don't love this song, you don't love Megadeth. And this is a perfect example of why you should be so thankful that this is a lineup that did this and not a reunion of the Rust of Peace. Thank you. Because if you would have had fucking Freeman and Menza back, you would not get this. Oh, now from I, Marty, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think if, if you got the rest of Peace lineup back again, I think you'd be lucky if you got a fucking cryptic rising and fuck that out. You know? Uh, oh, man, this is just spot on. You know, it, it's little, when Dave was talking about, oh, this is the best lineup, and I, I get so tired of hearing that because every album is like, oh, this is the best lineup. This is the best lineup. This is the he could be spot on here. This shit is fucking amazing. Right. Love this fucking track. So uh, let me take the next one, which is... Uh, Death From Within. Yeah, Death From Within. Four in a fucking row. Man, holy shit. They are on fucking fire. I love it. It's fucking heavy, and the chorus is catchy as hell. I really like this fucking song, man. I mean, they're just fucking on fire, right? Four songs in, and already I knew, like, the rest of the songs could sound like the new Anthrax, and it would still be the best Megadeth album since fucking Rest of Peace. Definitely. I love this song. Gallopy, killer groove. Love that backing vocals going on during the chorus. And like you said, catchy as fuck. Great fucking song. It's just the flow on this album. And, and you know, another thing about this album I love is uh, the, the, the way they set up the song. What, what, how do you call that? Like... The sequencing is fucking awesome, right. and and it's and it's relentless. Like like dystopia was maybe like the most commercial thing so far, and it's not really that commercial, but it's fucking yeah. it's a little more melodic than the rest. But holy fuck, death with uh, from within is awesome. Then we go into I don't know if it's five in a row for you, but it's definitely five in a row for me with bullets in the brain. She had to know, no. God damn, I love that fucking chorus. That chorus is just, just fucking amazing. And I love that forbidden fruit taste sweeter. Fuck yeah, bullet to the brain. I love that song, dude. I have a feeling that one's going to make the set list. What do you think? Uh, I hope so, because in my notes it says five in a row. I fucking love this song. 
a great chugging song. The chorus is awesome. And a, gr a get great guitar work. The interplay between fucking Dave and Kiko, fucking amazing. I love Bullet to the Brain. Hell yeah. Go to amazing the next track. All right. Now, the next one, why I, I, I do like this song. I do love it. Uh, to me, this is the first example of, of killer filler. Uh, it, it's really good. I don't think it's as good as the five songs that come before it. But it's it is it's killer filler. Uh, you know, might not get played live, but it is a solid album track. There's nothing wrong with this song. It's just not as great as the five before. So I, I really have nothing to say. It's just it's not the same level. But it's still it's better than all the you know a lot of the other shit on you know the previous records. You know what you know what I mean. The, you know the, the albums we don't really care for. Uh, it would be a standout track. I'm fucking 13. You know, you know what I mean? But here, it's just, it's not as good as the first five, but I still think Alright, I have to disagree. This is a standout track for me. Uh, definitely, I will be shocked if this doesn't make the seven. I'll be completely shocked. This is a, and this is a very dark album. Now, what I love about this song, it's the return of what he was responsible of then, Thrive. It's got that chunky seek and destroy riff that we haven't heard since This Is My Life from Countdown. You also hear it at T-Cell. Um, and let me see my urge. I'm not hurt yet. Um, and uh, I love the lyrics. If you don't like where we're going, then you're definitely not going to like where, where, you know, what's coming next. And, and again, another wow. Something that, that uh, Dave threw in again. And, and, and let me tell you something. I guess I identify so much with the song because one thing about me and Dave Mustaine, we always disagree on everything. Every, <laughs> everything that guy comes up, I, I disagree with him 100%. But this time I do agree with him because America is being dumbed down. You know, you have these people, the youth today going, mirror. Like making fun of America. And you know, like, it's, it's just like you're dumbing down America. And this is Dave Mustaine singing about people that are like, Oh, you don't like how America is now? Well, well, he ain't gonna like what's coming next, you know? Because, and I was having this uh, a fight the other day with some guy telling me, "Oh, America's horrible because of the pot laws." I was like, "Really, dude? That's the worst thing about America to you, dude? Go to Cuba and say you don't like Cuba for whatever law, you know?" Yeah, yeah. That's like saying Cuba sucks because of the cigars. Exactly. <laughs> so. I really identify with the song. I love it. I think, Ian, this is a song that if you listen to more, you'll end up loving it. And oh, you know, no, I, no, I, I, oh, no, no, I, I, I know. I don't, I don't dislike it. No, I know, I know you don't dislike it, but you, what you're saying is like, okay, it's not as good as the rest, but it's still great. I think right. you're, I think you're gonna end up in the future saying this is as good as all the songs before. And you know, I know you well. I know what you like and you don't like. And I have a feeling this is a song. You'll end up fucking like it. It's gonna grow on you like a fungus. Go it very well could be. Now I hadn't heard this as much as I heard the new Anthrax, but uh, I think the reason was is I liked this so much off the bat. Where the Anthrax, I hated it so fucking bad. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm missing something. So I kept forcing myself to try to like the Anthrax. So that's why I listened to it more. This I didn't have to force me. I just got it right off the bat. No, the reason you listen to the Anthrax more than the Megadeth. Cause you're an alcoholic, bro. Oh, that too. That you, too. you need help. All right, go to the next one. Okay, next one. Uh, yeah. 
least favorite. Least favorite by far on the album. This is the one uh, where th this sounds like some some 90s bullshit to me. This sounds like fucking something off of uh, uh, fucking, what do you call it? Uh, Cryptic Writings or Risk or World Needs a Hero. This one does nothing for me. I don't like the, uh, you know, lose the keyboards and the orchestra shit. This is one I was listening to it at work, you know, uh, you know, trying to get ready for the review. And some of the other stuff, I'm like, yeah, this is awesome, but I'm kind of like, I'm, I'm real busy at work. And this song sucks so bad, it like made me stop and go, ugh, ugh. What are the, you know, I hear that keyboard shit, I'm like, to me, it has no place in my Megadeth. What I want out of Megadeth. And, uh, yeah, I really, but I, spoiler alert, this is the only song on the album I feel that way about. But I do not like, uh, was this Poisonous Venom or some shit, or Poisonous, what the fucking name is? Poisonous Sawdown or something like that? Okay, I, I, I wrote it wrong yeah, in my notes. Yeah, yeah. Po poisonous shadows. Shadows, poisonous. yeah. Poisonous shadows. Yeah, this this one does nothing for me, but the rest of the album's so great, I I totally give it a pass. But I do not like it, and this is one like you know I have it on my phone. I listen to it at work, but I will delete this song now, so I don't have to hear it again. I, I don't like it. Okay, I will say this to you. Like I said about the last one, if you listen to more, it'll grow on you. I don't know if this one will grow on you. You might be right when it comes to your stage. I love this song. I think the beginning of it reminds me a lot of Black Friday. It has that Black Friday type riffage and shit. And that double bass. The drumming matching and the, riff, the matching riffage. With the vocals intertwining with the mellow tone. This is amazing. It's different, but it's total... Megadeth to me. It's a dark song off a dark album. Yeah, you know, I can't see this one play live. Probably like a filler, as you say. But man, the fillers on here are as good as whatever. Uh, I, I think I think it's like the keyboard and the organ. It makes it sound like fucking Dream Theater or something, or like Invade. I don't know. Okay, I, 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 I dug it. I thought mm, it was really good. Alright. Well, I'm glad you're happy. Okay, uh, next one. Look who's talking. Yes. Snotty Dave. Calling out someone. It's an attack song like the song Liar. And uh, how about those lyrics? The devil made me do it. <laughs> you know? That's Very right. unlike Dave these days. Uh, and, you know, only let sleeping dogs lie. Um, can interpret this song. This song you could interpret as him wanting to kill somebody. Because there's a line in there. It was something like, you know, when we finally meet, you will cease to exist. What does that mean? The music is cool as fuck. I love the fuck out of Look Who's Talking. It's it's very, very snotty Dave. It's very unchristian Peace Sells Dave. Uh, or uh, uh, Liar. It's uh, something that Dave hasn't done in a long, long time. Is write a song attacking somebody. Which he does a couple more times on this album. I love Look Who's Talking. Probably in my top three on this album, you know, I, as we go on, I'll make up my mind, but it is one of, definitely one of my favorites on the album. Wow, uh, we disagree like crazy on this one. Uh, it's funny though that you did mention Liar, because lyrically it did remind me of Liar, but I think Liar is a thousand times better, and, but, but I love that song. Uh, this is a bonus track that's not on every edition of the album, of, uh, the album. Uh, and I can see why. To me, it's while I like the snottiness, 
uh, and it shows that you know he is a hypocrite and not a true Christian because he's a little bit too angry to be a you know what a Christian's supposed to be. Uh, I, I like that aspect of it, but other than that, it's uh, to me it's a little so-so. I see why it's a bonus track and it's not on every edition. All right, conquer or die. Take that one. Okay, conquer or die. This is an instrumental, and I think it's badly placed. It does nothing for me as an instrumental. I think uh, it might have been a little bit better if they had lyrics. But to me, you know, if, if it's going to be a straight-up instrumental, there has to be something very exciting about it, you know, or, or very epic about it. And, you know, it, it starts out slow, gets a little bit faster, but, uh, you know, th this is no Into the Gates of Hell or whatever the, the one is on uh, So Far So Good. i much rather prefer an instrumental like that than this. Uh, really surprised that this made the album and, and as a standard track and not a bonus track. It's it's not a horrible, but it I don't get it, and to me it, it fucks up the pacing of the album. Alright, uh, I love it. I love the killer acoustic flamenco intro from Kiko. I can tell that's him. It's a great instrumental. It's, it, yeah, very much like, you know, like what you were saying. You liked Set the World on Fire more. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Set the World on Fire. I, yeah. I, I didn't. I like this one more. Okay. Uh, but I'm not a big fan of Side 1 or So Far So Good. We've already reviewed that. You've heard my opinion. And if you haven't, go back and listen. Uh, I love it. I think it's a great uh, intro to the next song. It, it should be one song, you know. But, you know, whatever. Uh, you know, you, you know, in the copyright world, you make more money uh, with songs. So if you cut the instrumental to a song, to an intro, and make it one song, you make more money. So that's probably why they did this. <laughs> Going into Lion and State, which is holy fuck, that riff, that vocal melody. Enemy of Truth is Lying in State. So fucking dark that song is. And I gotta tell you, it's my second favorite song off the album. Fucking love it. Now, this is a song that may be filler, may never be played live, but I gotta tell you, man, it's it's my second favorite. I fucking love this song as as of now. Lion and State is fucking awesome. What do you think? This is a fucking slamming track. I love this fucking song. See, to me, uh, th this should have followed. What was number six? Uh, I don't have. I don't have. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the one you really like, Post American World. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. I think take away that poisonous song, take away the instrumental, uh, you know, and the other one you like, look who's talking, and this one should have followed track six. This is fucking awesome. I love that. I don't think this is filler at all. I think this is a standout track. Yeah, but I, I, I'm not saying it's filler. I just feel like this song may not be played live. Right? Well, it should. It should. And, I agree. And, it's my second favorite. And, and I, I'll, I'll tell you this, you know, there's some songs... That I don't care for, and it's weird because they're so okay. This is a bonus track on this one, this is a bonus track on that. This would be one if they pulled an Iron Maiden and played this whole album, I'd be fucking happy. I'd go see that in a heartbeat because that's one thing I would really complain about with Megadeth is their set list since the 90s, you know. And unfortunately, you know, we live in an era where if you go to a fucking Megadeth show, you're gonna hear trust and you know, shit like that, you know. What, Hell, man, I'd rather hear almost all the songs off of this than that shit. Or Anarchy in the UK that they can't seem to fucking get rid of. Uh, no, this this is an amazing track. Absolutely love it. All right. Uh, next song. The Emperor. The Emperor. Uh, 
it's a good track. There's something about this song that's a little bit too happy for me. I mean, not that it's happy, like, lyrically, but there's just something musically a little happy for, for Megadeth and for the rest of this album. I, I think the rest of it's a little bit heavier. I, I don't know how to really explain it. There's just something about the riff that's a little too, uh, I don't know. Uh, but I did. Not, not a horrible track. I'm not, it's, there's just something about it. I can't quite put my thumb on. Not bad, but uh, not my favorite. All right. Uh, it's another hate song. Like, look, he's talking. This is a snotty and this is the snotty and hateful Dave I've missed. Uh, and that little guitar sound that you were talking about in the chorus rules. To me, it reminds me of what they did in Sweating Bullets. Like that. Well, this one's like. It's like different, but. And I love the lyrics. It's like, you make me sick, you prick. I love that shit. And the third time, we hear, wow. Gotta love that. <laughs> Now, and, and I love the way the song ends. Now roll over and play dead. And the song abruptly ends like that. Fucking great song. Emperor, where go go? Love it. Um, Last Dying Wish uh, is the next track. That spoken word intro with that killer riff is just fucking awesome. This, yeah, I guess it's probably filler. But, I don't know, it's just... A, I think Last Dying Wish is a fucking awesome song. That's the thing about that. Look, Megadeth has such a big fucking catalog that, of course, they got to write some songs saying, look, we got to fill up the album with songs that, you know, we're not going to play live, you know, because we have too many songs that we, have, we need to play. So let's, like, do a filler. And But it's like this band is so kick-ass that their fillers is, like, better than anything of 13 and fucking uh, World Needs a Hero, dude. So I love it. I love Last Dying Wish. What do you think? Uh, I think it's okay. I, I don't hate it. This is a bonus track, uh, and, and I see why. I think there's plenty of other shit that's strong around this album. Uh, you know, I, I think the first half of this is stronger than the second half, but because a lot of it comes into play with the bonus tracks. Like, a lot of people who already have this that are listening to review, they might not have a lot of these songs, so the album's different to them than it is to us. But, uh... Not, not bad, not bad. I, I do not hate the song at all. Like you're saying, way better than a lot of the shit they've done over the, the last previous years and shit, you know. A lot better than the, like a two de balls or some fucking horrible shit like that. Uh, Motorcycle. Oh, God. <laughs> or, or how about when you were talking about uh, what dystopia being uh, Hangar 18 Part 2 is way better than Return to the Hangar, you know. Uh you know, it, it, it's a good song. I, I just think it's better. But, uh, you know, like I said, better than a lot of the shit that they've done lately. Uh, oh. But again, I, I see why it's a bonus. And I'll take the next song, which is, let's see. Foreign Policy, The Fear Code. Oh, yes. Uh, I, I like this. I like this, but I'm a little bit biased because I'm a huge Fear fan. I, I love Fear. And uh, I, mean, I like the, the side project he did with Lee Vick for Fear, uh, MD45. Yeah. I like that album. Now, he went back and remastered it when he did the remasters of all the old uh, Megadeth shit, which was horrible because they're like, we did vocals, and all those remasters were fucking horrible. I think, he, I think he did all the vocals, the uh, raised that guy's vocals. Yeah, yes, on the remaster he did. And uh, no, it was it was better with Lee Vick. 
This is not a bad cover. I'm just so... I'm so stuck on the original. Now, if you, if you don't know Fear, or you're, you know, you, you'll probably like it more. But to me, it's like, ah, uh, that's one you gotta leave, because I, I need to hear Lee Bing's angry-ass voice on this song. But musically, I mean, it's a little bit thrashier, but I, I don't know, I just love the pureness, the pure punk that is the Fear version. But still, a decent cover. Better than, uh, you know, uh, Anarchy in the UK, that's for damn Yeah, yeah, I, I think it's chaotic, like the Fear version. It's like the Mega Dave way. I think it's great. And for anybody to find it, if you don't know about Fear, uh, a best way to get turned on to Fear is watch Decline of Civilization Part 1 because they are fucking amazing on that. That that They are so fucking brutal in that movie, you end up being a fan. That's how I became a fan, by watching that movie. I love it. Okay, let's go to... Uh, the next track, which is a bonus track, I believe it's the uh, Spotify bonus track. I, I, no, this is, uh, uh, is it? I'm not, or is okay. This the, is this the Japanese? Okay. One? It may be the Japanese. I, I, I think it's a Japanese bonus. Okay. This song's called Me Hate You. Again, another hateful song from Dave. It has such an old school feel. To me, it's the best bonus track. This could have, I could have, I would have put this on the album and taken out like, I don't know, uh. What's that, what's that song? Um, uh, whatever. Uh, but it's a great song. It's It's got such an old school feel. I'll take uh, another hateful song from Dave. And I, I love that, that line. It says, if you're trying to make me hate you, it's working. I just love that shit, dude. I love it. Okay. I know, Ian, you have a little more problems because he's a born-again Christian. And you look, you look too deep into the background. I just look at the music, man. And I think... Dave is such a snotty fucking asshole, and it's about time he incorporates that in his songs like he used to back in the day. So, Me Hate You, it's a fuck, dude, it may be like my third favorite on all these songs, dude. I love the fuck out of Me Hate You. It's definitely my favorite hate song on the album. I'll take it over Look Who's Talking, which I love too, and The Emperor, which I love too. But I like Me Hate You more than those two. So what do you think? Well, yeah, this will probably surprise you. That I agree with you 100%. Yeah, this, this very much surprises me because this is that type of metal that you usually don't like. Oh, you're, you're so full of shit. I love metal. Just sometimes I ask for a little no, more than you. No, this type. I, this type, I, I mean. I, I think you're too uh, easily pleased. Uh, this song is fucking awesome. This definitely should be on every version. It is by far the best bonus track. Yes. And, and it should replace that, uh, you know, that keyboard song. Uh, your, or take away the instrumental. This is a great fucking song, and you're absolutely right. Pissed off Dave, which is what I love. Fuck that Christian turn the other cheek bullshit. Get mad, motherfucker. And he's mad on this. I love this shit. Hell yeah. Great song. I would say in my top five on the album. I don't, well, know, if I go yeah. top, I don't know if I go top three, but I definitely go top five. I love this fucking song. I agree. I'd go top five as well. All right, yeah. take the last track, Melt the Ice uh, Away. Melt the Ice Away. This is a cover uh, of the incredible band. I, I always pronounce, is it Bungie or Buggy? Or? It's, it's Budgie. 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 I love Budgie. Uh, we've talked about them before. If you don't know, uh, they also wrote a, they're probably most known for Crash Course of Brain Surgery that Metallica covered on the Garage Days. Right. Uh, 
way ahead of their time, man. You don't hear a lot about them, you know, in America. I, I mean, they, they were still an underground band in Europe. But they have more respect in Europe than they do here. And uh, this is off the 1978 album, Impeccable, the original one. And I love it very close to the original. It keeps the spirit. And uh, I think this is a great pick for a cover. I mean, because it's so obscure... And it's just a good song. I really, really like this uh, cover version. Uh, yeah, very happy with this one. I love it. Awesome, and that brings an end to an amazing fucking album. Oh, what would what, you think? You oh, oh. oh, yeah, I love it, dude. I love the fuck out of it. Uh, I'm not that uh, well aware of Budgie. I'm going to be honest with you. So I need I, to say, uh, well, I'll have Mr. X send you some of the rounds. I, I have some. Okay. And I did one time on the uh, uh, one of those surprise DJ things I did. I did a seventies, a seventies hard rock on the that metal station, and I went through the budgie folders to find a song that was like good hard rock. And I forgot the song I played, but it was good. Yeah. And I ever since then I meant to go back and like look into all the budgie okay. stuff, which I haven't, and now and I still haven't. But Melt the Ice Away is such a badass fucking song. That I gotta go look at it and see if it is very much like the Megadeth version because, man, it's really, it's a really great song. Yeah, I think you'll like the original. I really do. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure I will. Well, okay, again, uh, ending this album, let's do the star review. One shitty, five excellent. What do you give it, Ian? Uh, out of five. Five stars, I would definitely, I'd give this four and a half. All right, that's a good rating. That's a really good rating. Uh, mine is, they're still not that, I'm sorry, it goes over five, but also they haven't invented the number yet. So it, we haven't got to that number, but it's one of those stars up there in infinity. In, infinity line. This is one of my favorite Megadeth albums. You know, I put this up there with the first. I, 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 I like it more than so far. Because so far, I wasn't a big fan of Side 1. I love Side 2. Yeah, well, listen to our So Far review, and you'll see what I mean. Uh, but I feel like this stands head-to-head -head with everything they've done up to Rust in Peace. Better than anything after Rust in Peace. And I think Dave is back, and I just hope he remains there. Really a fucking home run. And it is the best new... Uh, best, I would say the best album from an old-school band. That and that last armored saint that I can remember in many years. Fuck. Oh, yeah, Overkill, too. But, uh, oh, my God. Uh, great, great album. I highly suggest people out there rob it, steal it, download it, or buy it. Because if you love that old Megadeth shit, you're going to love this album. And, I, you know, when it first came out and the first time I heard it, I got it right away. And I wrote on Facebook, this is awesome. This is great. New Megadeth. This fucking back. And some idiot wrote Fuck Megadeth. He didn't want dissection on a festival. And he didn't want to play with Rotting Christ. So fuck that. Keep Satan in metal. I'm like, hey, dude, why don't you just fucking listen to the music and stop looking at the bonehead shit Dave Mustaine has done. It sickens me how people are like, well, I'm not going to like this band because they did this and they did that. You know, it's like, dude, why don't... If we all lived on a fucking desert island, you'd love that album. But since... You, you, you see, Dave didn't want these bands to be playing the same festival. You automatically will not give it a chance. Therefore, you're not a music fan and you're missing out because I'm sure there's a lot of music out there you would end up loving if you would stop looking into the idiots that are, are in the band. 
Thank you. Uh, yeah, I was so happy and so surprised with this album. I, I definitely agree with you. One of the best, yeah, along with, like you said, Overkill, but I think you mentioned that. Uh, you know, to see a guy in his 50s doing something this heavy and this important, this late in his career is amazing. And just, uh, man, it makes the new Anthrax sound that much worse. <laughs> you know, because it sounds so tired and lame compared to this. This sounds vibrant and angry and important. Uh, so, so blown away, man. And, I, you know, I, I think Dave's a douche, but I respect his talent so much and his talent shines on this album. So does Kiko's and Junior's and fucking Chris's. Uh, so, so happy for this. I wish the tour was coming around me because Suicidal's with them. Uh, well, I still love and Havoc, another band that I really love, is a newer thrash band from Colorado. Great band, really great band. Yeah, I love Havoc. Uh, Children of Bodom or Bodon or I don't know, whatever. They don't well, do shit to me, but Children of Bodom. Yeah, whatever. Fucking Children of the Corn. I give a shit. Uh, but this one, man, this is really good. I'm, I'm so happy, and I'm so. It just gives me faith. That, that a band can do this. Metallica, are you fucking listening? Are you Yeah, you better take like five more years to put out a fucking follow-up. Because I, I don't think Metallica can put out something this important and this vital uh, at their stage. Metallica's but, over, dude. They ain't gonna make an album nowhere near as dangerous. Mark but, my uh, words. But, uh, man, I, I tell you what, I, I thought Slayer did a good job with Repentless. It could have been better, but I still thought it was incredible. Uh, and, and this is be- this is even better than that. This is really, really good and renews my faith. And you know, older music- musicians can still do it if you have that burn. You know, if you have that talent and you try. Don't fucking mail it. This album's not mailed in. This is you know, just awesome. It's Dave Mustaine saying, you know what? Fuck it. I'm not gonna try to write a hit song. Anymore. Right, and I think, you know, and he had a lot of bad shit going on. I mean, his band fell apart, you know, that whole shit with his mother-in-law happened. Oh, yeah, yeah, shit. yeah. A lot of, there's a lot of anger that he rightfully has. Yeah, and, 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 and that's, you know, that's what you need, you know. you know, And maybe if, if Lars would get mad because he dropped a bottle of fucking Chardonnay on his favorite painting, maybe he could do something angry, you know. Fucking, yeah. you know, I... I this is so good. Makes me makes me so happy. And uh, man, rush out, go get right on your computer. Go to our Amazon link. Yeah, you know, I mean, I I, I really would like this album to sell a lot, man. It deserves well, to sell a lot. That way, well, you know. And here's another very important thing. Because let's say this album doesn't sell shit. You know, Dave's gonna make Super Collider Part Two. You know what I mean? So well, please support this. So Dave can stay Mega Dave. Well, here's a good thing. This album did go to number three. It's first week of release, which is the second highest charting Megadeth album. Uh, Countdown to Extinction went to number two, much to Dave's chagrin. It was held off by uh, Billy Ray Cyrus. <laughs> but this one debuted at number three. And, man, I hope more people go out and buy it. I hope, you know, we've conveyed to you Listen to this, like, if you're on the fence whether you want to buy it or not, man, please buy it. Use it on our Amazon link. Uh, 
you will not be disappointed. It's 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 an incredible album. It really is. All right, awesome. Okay, uh, so Ian, uh, you got a pick of the week? I do have pick of the week, and oh. it's inspired by this because it's a band that's covered on this, and that band is Fear. And one of the landmark records in punk is the debut album from Fear titled The Record. And, man, it is just short, to the point, angry, and awesome. And there's a reason why that album is so legendary. Uh, they, they did some... You know, a few albums I have. They don't have a lot of albums in their discography. But nothing came near the first album. And it's it to me, it's a must-have for any fan of music. Check out Fear, the record. All right. Uh, my pick of the week is my all-time favorite Iron Maiden album. I don't know if I've picked this one before, but I should have. Well, I don't know. I've heard, that, I've heard two different answers for you. When it well, comes to your all-time favorite. Yeah, well, I changed my mind about a year ago. Because it used to be Killers. And now Killers is my second favorite Iron Maiden album. My favorite Iron Maiden album is the first one. I have absolutely no problem with the production on the album. I love the, the, the crunchy guitars and running free, the middle section. I love Phantom of the Opera, Remember Tomorrow. Uh, dude, every song. Strange World, Sanctuary, Transylvania. Prowler, Iron oh, yeah. Maiden, Saint, uh, fucking Charlotte the Harlot. It's such a solid fucking pissed off great album that when I walked into Specs Records and Westside Mall in 1980 and saw that fucking album on the rack and I never heard of Iron Maiden and I saw that album cover, I was like, what the fuck is this? And when I turned it around, it looked like Judas Priest. Paul Deanna looked like Halford. Uh, Stratton looked like, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Glenn Tipton. Murray looked like K.K. Downing. Uh, uh, Steve Steve Harris looked like uh, Pete Way. But yeah, I mean, he, it was almost there. So I, I went home, and when I heard that opening riff to fucking Prowler and that wah, 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 show was over, dude. What a great fucking album. My all-time favorite Iron Maiden album. The first Iron Maiden album. Anybody that out there that hates Iron Maiden, you will love them if you hear this album. Just give it a chance. Trust me. Trust me, Winslow. <laughs> Well, that is an awesome pick, and now we got to go into Fan of the Week. And Fan of the Week this week, this is something you might not see him so much on the Facebook page, but he is there, and he listens to us. Uh, as we're recording this, it is his birthday today, so I want to wish a happy birthday to Daniel Lespick. I hope I'm, I'm saying your last name right. Uh, but I wished him a happy birthday on Facebook, and he, think, he couldn't believe that I wished him a happy birthday and said that he's been listening to us for over a year now and every we make every monday is his ritual to listen to this uh listen to the show and uh it meant a lot to him and uh it means a lot to us that he listens every monday and uh man we thank you become a little bit more active on that facebook page but so glad that you've stuck with us and you tune in every week daniel Lisbeth, you are our fan of the week all right, now we got to do what we always got to do. We got to do the plugs, and I got to tell you, uh, Ian, I'm sad to say that we have lost a podcast. So, what? What? yes, but they're back as something else. So, before we get into the plugs, I just want to say that the Great Barbarian Rage is gone. Uh, 
unfortunately. But they're gonna be they're back, and I'm gonna be on one of their new episodes. Now check out their new podcast, which is pretty cool. It's very original. It's called We'll Watch It For You. And what it's about, it's they watch really bad Netflix movies. And they talk about it. So they gave me a, they gave me a, uh, an exam. Uh, I have to watch a movie called Zombievers. <laughs> I guess it's... I, you I heard saw, of it? Well, I, yeah, I saw it on... I didn't watch it on Netflix, but I saw it while I was scrolling through shit on Netflix. Okay. Zombievers is a movie I gotta watch, and then they're gonna have me on the show, and we're gonna discuss Zombievers. Ooh, that so, sounds interesting. And now let's play some IDs that were sent to us. Here we go. Ear Pillar, the podcasting and interview news site. To keep up with your favorite bands or artists and the podcasts or interviews where they appear, go to earpillar.com to find out what we're all about. You haven't listened to Mars Attacks podcast? What are you waiting for, man? Host Victor M. Ruiz brings you all types of hard rock and metal-based podcasts. You'll find everything from music-based episodes, interviews, to series such as Ultra Sexy Classic Album Series, where some of your favorite musicians, producers, journalists, and show hosts comments on the albums that push the evolutionary chains of hard rock and metal. Get with it and go to MarsAttacksRadio.com to find out more. Listen to The Rock Show with Gully and Joe. Go to all the W's, Gully, G-U-L-L-Y-A-N-D-J-O-A dot U-K, 8 p.m. U.K. time, 3 p.m. Eastern. The Rock Show with Gully and Joe. Listen to it. Don't be a cunt. All right, Kiss Army. Since 2007, you've been getting podcast. The Kiss Audio fanzine for your ears. That's right, it's your podcast. Every month, the podcast crew, along with the Kiss Room, brings you Kiss Talk like no one else, whether it be roundtables, interviews with the band past and present, analysis, and great Kiss fun. Hi, this is Ace Frehley, and you're listening to Podkiss. Hi, this is Bruce Kulick, and you're listening to Podkiss. The Podkiss, the Kiss audio fanzine for your ears. Hey, everybody, I'm Aaron. And I'm Chris. And we're from the Decibel Geek Podcast, and if you love this... You'll love us. That's right. Brand new episode every single Monday. You can find us on iTunes and at decibelgeek.com. And the best thing is, it's rock and roll, and it's always free. But, uh, yeah, let's talk about all these uh, podcasts we love. History Science Theater, uh, The Kiss Room, all shit we love. Iron Cat. Iron Cat. Oh, God, I feel like a fucking dick. Well, Iron Cat. You're drunk, dude. It's acceptable. Yeah. All right, uh, so anyway, the Facebook page, man. If you're not on there, why not? But, man, so many people have joined the, the, the have followed us on Podbean. We've got over 130 followers just on Podbean. Uh, you know, and, and everybody, check us out on iTunes. Man, keep those reviews coming. I love reading those. Uh, you know, the good, the good, the bad, the ugly, man. I'll read them all, and we appreciate you taking the time and doing shit like that to help the show. Uh, and uh, if you do go on the Podbean page, man, there's so many links there. Links to Thrash or Die, to Combat, to ThatMetalStation.com, 
to hopefully our functional Amazon link to our YouTube page. All right. Well, if you enjoyed this uh, informative episode, and we know you did, come back next week when our special guest is Archie Bunker himself. Carol O'Connor joins us live in the studio. Are we going to get a Ouija board or something? Yeah, no, 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 no. Again, uh, misinformation. You can't believe everything you read on the internet. He's not dead. He's very much alive. He contacted me and he said, if I could please appear on your show because I want to talk about the Mentors album, Up the Dose. Awesome. Uh, let that be a lesson to you kids. Uh, Ian thinks dead people are still alive, so don't drink. Hey, stifle it, Edith. That's next week on the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Sip it! Oh, wait, wrong dude.